lot of things had gone wrong, but we forgot it all when we saw the Grand Teton mountain range shooting up in front of us. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. Welcome to our newest season of the Travel FOMO podcast. We are here talking about how we adapted to RV life. It was not a quick adoption, guys, but we're going to take you <laughs> through the chaos. I am Hillary Halton, and I am here with my husband, Jamin, who took me all over the U.S. and Canada, and I definitely would not have experienced it this way if I hadn't had this guy in the front seat beside me making it happen. A lot of miles. So many miles. And Jamin drove them all. When we talk about hauling the RV, Jamin did it all. Do we know how many miles we put on it? Um, I mean, it was, by the time it was all said and done, mm-hmm. like 40,000 miles. 40,000 miles in yeah. nine months, maybe? Six yeah. months more, more so? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Okay, we're going to take you all through it, but in this episode specifically, we are talking about arriving at the Grand Tetons. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It's <laughs> yeah. lovely. It was really, really striking. I mean, when you when you first drive up to it, it's maybe one of the most dramatic entrances mm. to a national park. I feel like there are others where you like come around a bend and something is like crazy right there for you or like... Mm-hmm. Other things like that, but when you come up to the Tetons, especially coming like we were from the east, so we were on the on the east side coming in, and they just shoot up out of nowhere. Yeah. It's so flat, and you're just on these planes, and then you just see them, and they're there, and they're just so dominant. Yeah. And they're so dramatic, too, and like they're they're just jagged and... And mm-hmm. so tall, it is just breathtaking it, how you, you just come up to them and they're so recognizable. Mm-hmm. If you've seen images of them, if you definitely if you've been there and then you see pictures, you're like, that's the Grand yeah. Tetons. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. I feel like a lot of other places you might say like, oh, that looks like this or it looks like that. But I feel like. For us and what we saw, the Grand Tetons and specific mountains in Yosemite are the most recognizable of like that. I know exactly where that is. Mm-hmm, yeah. And our friends, the Nelsons, actually pointed it out to us and were the kind of the reason that that was the first place that, that we that we ended up. They had been mm-hmm. there before, yeah. loved it, and kept talking about how incredible it was. And so we were like, okay, we want to, you're going to return. We want to go with you and see this place that you love and learn about it. And so that's kind of how we got there. Um, and then we were going to head on, we really wanted to see Glacier too. And they also really wanted to see Glacier. And so we kind of ended up getting to do both of that with them. Um, it was it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it, w- it was so cool. Uh, we went for a run with Maggie on our very first morning. That was and, lovely. Yeah. And like the, the Tetons are right there. You're just staring at them the whole time that, that you're on a run. It was it was really cool. Um, we had had a lot of trouble getting that far. Oh, my gosh. Um, if you didn't listen to the last episode. Uh, a lot, a lot of drama there. So if you like hearing a big sob story about how uh, difficult it is when you're not that smart and you're in an RV, 
you couldn't do that on our last episode. Yeah. Um, but, and we were having a tough time, but the Nelsons were having a little tough time too. Like yeah. they weren't feeling well. They had mm-hmm. to go um, into Jackson to, to get some medicine and, yeah. and kind of get checked out. It but was hard it, for them too. It was a, yeah. it was a difficult uh, first day. We were all kind of like, dang. <laughs> yeah. Like what, what did we decide to do? We, we should have just gone on a cruise or something. Yeah, exactly. But on our first day that we actually got to really go on adventures, we went to String Lake and um, it was probably when it was all said and done, it was probably my favorite adventure that we went on mm-hmm. in Grand Teton National Park. It's beautiful. It's relatively shallow yeah. and like there are these green waters and, and blue waters and, and like a skinny little lake um i just i loved it i thought that was really really neat i would have loved to really spend a whole day there um but we found out there were bears so i was like <laughs> on edge you guys the bear thing is can cause real anxiety for people. And I am definitely one of those people. It got a lot better over time, but it took a lot of repeated hikes for me to eventually kind of get comfortable with the idea that it's not likely. I do have bear spray. I'll probably be fine. <laughs> probably won't die. Sometimes people do. I probably won't. <laughs> well, but, it, it played know. a big part in us choosing to do RV over tent camping. True. I mean, there were a lot of factors, but a big one for you God, that's right. was like having something hard sided to sleep in. I totally forgot that was a big deal mm-hmm. because we started watching more and more national park videos. And the more we researched, the more I realized like, oh, my goodness, we are actually we are truly going into real bear country. Yeah. And Night of the Grizzlies, guys. <laughs> I saw that. You're going to hear about more about it in the next episode um, on Glacier National Park. Holy cow. <laughs> but yeah, there's um, – so I was still anxious um, about hiking. I say still. It was really the beginning. It was yeah. only the beginning. Yeah. Um, you remained anxious about bears and hiking for quite a while. Yeah. As like, everyone will discover. Uh, yeah, as y'all see. Um, and in this instance, I'd forgotten my bear spray too. So I was like so annoyed with myself. Um, I was also literally taking Xanax every time we went on a hike, which is true. <laughs> it is true. It's kind of crazy. Um, but that night, um, what else happened that day? Did we also, was that the day we also went back and saw that there was like a bear sign that was like a grizzly had just been seen. Oh, we came back or something and like somebody had said, oh, you just got off that trail. They just saw a grizzly on that trail. Yeah, we you and I went back uh, right. to hike it a With little further, spray. like another side of it. Yeah. And someone was like, oh, there's a grizzly right down there. And you wanted to leave right away we were done yeah <laughs> yeah but a storm actually was coming in too so it was all meant to be we're supposed, yeah. to, we're supposed yeah. to wrap it up for the day but the other thing that i thought was so cool was um one of the nights that we were there um with the nelsons we had dinner with them at a place called dornan's which is um a really cool restaurant actually yeah with incredible views of the mountains amazing views great food um, beer, like what's not to like? I think we had pizza, which was <laughs> yeah, pizza legit. and beer and, and views of the Tetons. Oh my gosh, it was amazing! I can't imagine getting to see an actual storm roll in from there. I mean, these massive windows. I think there's even a deck where you can sit outside. 
it was just really like definitely a place I would recommend spending one of your evenings in the Grand Tetons, especially if yeah. you just kind of you've been camping and you kind of need to itch for some somebody to take care of you. And someone else to cook the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go to Dornan's. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty incredible to watch the sunset. Watching the sunset in the Grand Tetons is so unique because it sets behind the mountains mm-hmm. and you just see the mountains. It's just like they're shining at you. Yeah. And the sun is just like these sunbeams are just shooting out on all sides of the the really steep mountains. It's it's pretty cool. So we at one point we went back into the park because we were kind of in an RV campground that was just outside the park, just to yeah. the east. And so there was one point where you and I and Maggie went in to see a little bit more of the park, and um, there was we we got to see Mormon Row, mm-hmm. um, which is something that um, is some really recognizable little old old homes, like a little tiny like street kind of of old homes and barns that um, have the Grand Tetons right behind them and it's uh, just pretty iconic yeah. um, place where people come and take photos and so we got to check that out. We also drove up Signal Mountain mm-hmm. Signal Mountain Summit. It's um, a place with really good views Yeah, um, it's you know uh, if you if you kind of need to rest and you still want to see some of the park that's an idea is to just, you know, take a drive up there and see. Yeah. yeah. See it. Um, you might get a signal. <laughs> that's what I decided once we got at the top. I was like, oh, I have I have a cell phone signal. Maybe that's why they call it Signal Mountain Summit. <laughs> I think the baby that had that name slightly before uh, cell phones. <laughs> Maybe. And uh, perhaps there were other signals that were involved. But yeah. 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 But um, we did a lot of fishing while we were there. Our uh, Well, I say we. Our friend, our friend did a lot of fishing <laughs> while we were there, and we were always just kind of hanging out and getting to relax by rivers and things like that, which I thought was really fun. Yeah. Um, and it kind of took us, I think, to little places that we wouldn't, we would not have gone otherwise, which I appreciate that about traveling with other people is that they, they pull you in directions that you wouldn't necessarily go yourself, but then that allows you to see or do something you wouldn't normally do. Yeah, and I think fishing, even if you're not super into fishing, I think just like going down and being by a river mm-hmm. and making yourself stay still for a mm, while. Very hard to do. Um, is is really cool and a really great idea in a national yeah. park. I remember like Maggie getting those those bites all over her. Do you remember that? Yes. Like, they were so, like blood red. Yeah, these gnat bites. And at first we didn't know what they were. We thought, is she having some kind of allergic reaction to something are they tick bites or are they like ringworms or like what is happening and we ended up doing some research and finding out that they were fly or gnat bites and it's not really a problem like they just they look a lot worse than than they are but there was really tall grass kind of all around the campground and the mosquitoes were really bad in fact the campground would like spray once a week and so there were signs up everywhere and I forget what day, but it was like, Hey, just reminder Tuesdays, like we come through with the fogger, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. try to kill out the mosquitoes. But that was like a, a shock. And with all the stuff that had gone wrong so far, we were like, what's happening now? Uh-huh. Like what's going on with Maggie? There's something up, but it ended up not being a big deal. They were just gnat bites, but just another kind of crazy thing that we you just don't know about till it's there on top of you i know yeah that was crazy that was crazy i remember one of these days we went to um jenny lake 
with uh, the Nelsons. Mm-hmm. And that was super fun. I really like the Jenny Lake area. Yeah. I, I think they had also implanted really wonderful images in my head. And we'd seen a lot of their pictures before. So I was like, oh, my goodness, it's beautiful. Um, but... It was really fun to get to go there with them. But then also one thing along the way that was like a little surprise. We had like some time to kill. I think they had to run back to the campsite for something. And we have some time to kill. And we stopped at this little chapel. I never knew this about national parks, that they have little chapels and churches inside national parks. And yeah. and kind of that national parks operate almost as their own little country or state in a way it's kind of interesting like they to some degree have like their own world you know yeah yeah. and um so in churches are are part of that and so the sacred heart chapel is a chapel there so if you happen to be driving by and and stop in there it was a little creepy because nobody was in there (laughs) but also like i don't know something about it just struck me as like special and um, and it was just the first one that I'd seen inside of a national park. And I remember it really sticking out to me and really noticing them moving forward, too. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. That that was really interesting and something kind of unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked Jenny Lake, too. I, I thought it was amazing. We went and you can hike kind of all around it and um, you can also take a boat across it. And hike on the other side it's a massive lake and you can go all the way around and be quite a hike but you can take this boat across and hike and so we decided to do that it was a a nominal fee to do it but a really a lot of fun Mm because you get to see it from the water you get to kind of be on a boat there's there's not really anything on the other side like there's a little dock where the boat drops you off but there's nothing over there. There's no like bathrooms over there or like, so don't expect that you're going to like find a, a sandwich shop or something on the other side. It's, it's literally just trailheads. Um, but we got to hike, we hiked to hidden falls, mm-hmm. um, and to inspiration point. I didn't realize how great all the hiking was at the grand Tetons, um, because it was kind of our first stop. True. But yeah. Now that we've been to a ton of national parks, the Grand Tetons offers a lot of like stuff that's really interesting right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of places where you have to hike quite a bit to get to the interesting parts. Good point. And the Grand Tetons is not that way. Like the String Lake is really interesting all the way through. These hikes that we did around Jenny Lake were were really cool hidden falls is right there inspiration point is not that hard to hike from where the boat drops you off Mm -hmm. and is breathtaking once you get up to it um it's just a really cool park in that way um and being there with the nelsons was a lot of fun they had their little boy charlie he was only three so i know he was a little (laughs) tight can't can't do a ton but he was like he was a trooper like Mm -hmm. he would hike around um they ended up uh, stopping at a certain point because he had he had kind of reached his limit of, yeah. as a, of as far as he needed to go and, and you and I continued on um, up the trail a little ways and it, there was just a lot of really cool stuff along these rivers and just yeah. breathtaking scenery kind of everywhere. Yeah, we were hiking through Cascade Canyon at that mm-hmm. point, and um, I was really surprised by how the vegetation kept changing so much throughout this hike. Yeah. Um, we had, like, 
you know, you're starting out with like the lake and then you've got like the deep forest and the the streams and the rocky areas and anyway, and, and incredible views. And then you end up in like tons of really tall grass in Cascade Canyon, um, falling rocks. I remember like you wouldn't know there'd be animals up there, but then you'd hear rocks falling and you're like, and you look up and be like, oh, because there's an animal up there. Like, that's crazy. Do you remember meeting that father and daughter that were hiking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, they, they were coming in um, from doing a really long hike. Like, they'd been out in it for, for days. Yeah. I think they'd gone like 30 miles, and I think it had taken them like four or five days. And so they were, you know, just camping and and hiking and um I was so impressed. <laughs> like I remember wanting to ask you in front of them if you would ever do that because I could just tell like how shocked you were that they were out there camping with all the bears. Yeah. And I mean to me like the physical endurance of it, I'm like, yeah, sign me up. Like mm-hmm. I'm all about that extreme stuff even though I'm not terribly athletic. I am interested in seeing what I can how I can push my body yeah but the whole idea of like sleeping with the bears I'm just like no there's not (laughs) even a little part of me that wants to do that because I won't sleep at all yeah I will be so thoroughly exhausted you know it uh it is cool to see national parks and how you can you can get involved to kind of whatever level you need to to experience and still have fun you know for us like we were we were with our friends the Nelsons and you know, they've got their little boy Charlie with them. So they didn't go as far as we did mm-hmm. and we weren't going to go stay five nights out in it. No. And, but national parks kind of offer that, that varying level of, of intensity yeah. uh, in a lot of places. And I think that's why a lot of people like them. Well, that's why a lot of people think they're really cool. And the Tetons was definitely one that has that mm-hmm. of like if you have mobility issues or stuff like that there are drives that you can go on that are breathtaking and amazing if you can't make it very far but you still want to hike some you can see some great stuff from not that not that intense and you can really get after it if you're if you really love going on long hikes and and yeah. being out in it there's so much there it's such a cool park or want to do some mountain climbing or yeah like absolutely horseback riding or something there's a lot of a lot of options you know one of the things that people love uh doing when they're at grand tetons national park is also going into jackson hole wyoming yeah such a cool little city it is and it, it really kind of gives you um I feel like Jackson Hole like feeds into the personality of Grand Tetons. Oh yeah. Because it's got this really sort of like western vibe. Mhm. And then when you tie that in with like Mormon Row and the old barns and the fact there's so many bison and elk there, like it really has this really like ranch and like wild west yeah sort of vibe to it and I feel like Jackson just cranks that up to a 10 it really does um and just makes makes the tetons that much more interesting and it's a really cool place to go with tons of like little restaurants and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. shops and and all the kind of things that that you want but it really 
sort of like feeds that personality of of the park they they really go hand in hand very well together I feel like yeah so yeah you mentioned restaurants and one of the places that we went to was Mary Piglet's Mexican restaurant and um that was fun it was just like a it was fun to go into Jackson Hole at all um and to go shopping and you know lots of little boutiques and um very sporty little places too where you can like get your gear and all that kind of stuff Um, which is kind of fun. But I, the thing that really sticks out to me about Jackson Hole and Grand Tetons is the story of Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry. So I'd been following that quite a bit the year before. Yeah. yeah. I think it was like the October before. It would have been mm-hmm. October 2021. And um, this was, this Mary Picklet's Mexican restaurant was the last place that people remember seeing Gabby and Brian together. And for those of you who didn't follow it as closely as I did and become as obsessed as I did, like I was following it in real time. Like as soon as I heard about this girl on TV, I'm looking up her Instagram and I am already like detecting things in the Instagram that I'm like, that's so weird. Why would she post that? That doesn't make any sense. Lo and behold, we find out later that Gabby actually was killed by Brian. He was on her social media account posting those things crazy dramatic story but um very sad story too very sad ending um and her body was later found in the bridger teton national forest which is just on the east side of the national park and um i know that really it really i feel like it impacted people a lot because you're talking about these van lifers you know van life and rv life had become a really big thing during covid um camping in general, hiking, national parks, the whole outdoor space had become such a love for everyone. Mm-hmm. And then you have this couple that something goes wrong, right? The relationship goes wrong. Somebody does something just horrible and it's just so unbelievable. And so many people, I feel like, could relate to it at that time because they were like, I was I was just camping the other day too, or I've been there, or I'm going there. Yeah. And everybody's been experiencing these national parks. And then to see, um, j- just to see that story unfold, I think everyone felt really close to it. At least I did. I talked about it a lot, <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> you did You did talk about it a lot. And I think it, I think it gripped people a lot too because people imagined and a lot of people portray that van life or RV life is just this amazing thing. Good point. Where there's never a bad day and you're just enjoying all these national parks and you're just having fun all the time and there's there's never anything bad. And so seeing this story play out and go like, oh, whoa, like not only were there problems, there were huge major problems. Yeah. And I think that like really opened a lot of people's eyes to maybe what was being kind of misportrayed a lot about like van life or RV life and and really kind of like turned a light on to a lot of that. Yeah. Well, then it's, it kind of opens your eyes too to the idea that like when you're traveling like that, when you're traveling like we have, Mm -hmm. you're in such close proximity to the other person that if you are, really having consistent arguments and maybe you're not your relationship isn't mature enough to handle it yeah you 
are forced to be together and you're so dependent upon each other for mm-hmm. your livelihood that there's no place to go to cool off. I mean, you in, in some ways you could say you have the great outdoors, which is great. But in my case, I would never go venture out because I'd be afraid of bears or something. <laughs> so I would never do that. So it's, you know, it's kind of interesting, like understanding that that paradox of like you have all the space in the world, but you have no space. Right. It's kind of interesting. And there's a lot of like there's a lot of work that has to go into van life and RV life and those Mm -hmm. kind of things like work with things that that you don't necessarily think of like where are we going to be today what what's the particulars around that do we have electricity do we have water Mm -hmm. all those kinds of things that you're not ordinarily having to deal with and so it's a lot of work it's all very doable it's not hard but it takes a lot of doing a lot of decisions and get decision fatigue right and a lot of stuff that like has to happen Mm -hmm. and you can't just if you're having a bad day or having an argument or whatever you can't just go to your own corners and let let time go Mm -hmm. like all that stuff has to continue to happen and so you you really have to start to learn how to work stuff out in real time yeah and yeah being in that tight confined space can be can be taxing yeah can be pretty crazy yeah for sure what do you think whatever you think of the grand tetons and you're like overall thoughts if you had to explain the grand tetons to somebody and and hopefully help them understand how it's different from other places Mm -hmm. what would you say to them um i think it the the mountain range itself is just so iconic yeah and so recognizable and so ever present there like you're always looking at it i feel like there are other national parks where there's like a main thing and you go and you see the main thing or you do it, but then the rest of your time, it's not really present. But the like the mountain range is just so iconic, so present. Uh, there's so much stuff to do mm-hmm. at the Grand Tetons, like with the lakes and all that stuff. You've got all of the things that go along with that, the boating, kayaking, paddleboarding, swimming, fishing. All of that. So I feel like it's a very active park along with hiking and all the other stuff as well. Um, it's easy to access. It's it's also not yeah. a, a super huge park. Yeah. So you can get around it yeah. and and you can be like, I want to see this and then I want to go over there and see that. Where in some other parks that are just so big. Yeah. That it's like you're only going to see one thing in a day because you've got to drive all the way to it, see it. And then by the time you drive back, you're done. Good point. And the Tetons is not that way. Like you can get around it. You can get into Jackson Hole and that afternoon still go to Jenny Lake. And all of that kind of stuff, I think, makes it makes it unique. The 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 cowboy ranch vibes uh, also are a pretty unique thing to it. Um and I I really, really liked it a lot. Yeah. I liked the Tetons a lot. People are really friendly there. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can converse with with pretty much anybody and they're gonna be they're gonna be nice and, and happy. The the bison along the the road is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um really big elk too, like seeing yeah. all the all that stuff. Um is just really pretty special. 
um, in the grand scheme of things to, to have all of it in such close proximity and all of it to be so dramatic. Yeah. And so just all encompassing, like it's, it's a really special place. Yeah, it really is. And I feel like I've been told or read, don't take me on my word for this. You should like definitely fact check me, but I'm pretty sure the mountain range is pretty young, like relatively young compared to a lot of other mountain ranges in America. And that's why it's so steep and sharp. And I think that's mm-hmm. really interesting because then if you were to go, I, I believe it's the Smoky Mountains that are just these nice rolling rounded mountains yeah. that have been around much longer. And I just think that's fascinating. You were talking about all those different things that people like to do in the Grand Tetons. And one of those activities are climbing those mountains, those really steep mountain ranges. And um, while we were there, actually before we were there, we were driving and we were listening to a podcast episode about the Grand Tetons. It was part of the National Park After Dark podcast. And we just started listening to them some because we were kind of now trying to get familiar with national parks, you know, after Europe was checked off the list. And we were kind of getting a kick out of them too. And this particular episode just blew my mind and after this I was like I have to read that book so when we ended up at the Grand Tetons um, I bought the book and the book is A Bolt from the Blue it's by Jennifer Woodleaf and it goes back to July 2003 and it tells a true story of six mountain climbers who were climbing the peak of the Grand Teton mountain and you know you've got this mountain range but there is actually one mountain within all of those that's called the Grand Teton And every summer there are thunderstorms that are pretty standard in the mountain range. And so, and you might not experience them down below, but like there's a lot happening up there in the mountains. And um, so an electrical charge was building up uh, in one of these thunderstorms that day. And this group of six people realized they they had to come down and so they were starting to retreat and there was a lightning bolt that struck and it went through every climber because they were all attached to the same um, rope and one of them died instantly her husband actually was right there beside her critically injured um and just right there next to her body the whole time there was four others just dangling from ropes i mean it was really really tragic and the really heroic part of this story are the Jenny Lake Rangers in terms of like rescuing people who are mountain climbing this is like the top of the top this is just this is just crazy and the the team themselves are so experienced at search and rescue and um it's the best of the best that they hire to do it and I didn't know all of this about them but when you hear it it's just like wow that's a whole nother world I didn't even know existed yeah. And so these rangers, they come out, some of them run up by foot and they get it done. What takes people hours and hours to climb. They do it on foot, I believe, without ropes and everything in like two hours. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And um, some of them arrived by helicopter. But both of those were crazy dangerous. Both routes they were taking to get to people. Believe it or not, the people on foot arrived first which blows my mind as yeah, well. Yeah, that's just insane. Can you imagine like how fit these these rangers are? And then they uh, someone comes by helicopter and they're hanging like these are their storms happening. They are hanging by a rope and they are trying to get to these people and save them and um the whole story it's riveting. It is 
gruesome. It is terrifying, and I can't believe it's true. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's really crazy. Um, it's definitely one of history's. I think they call it one of history's most dangerous mountain rescues ever. Um, but it is definitely worth reading. It is called A Bolt from the Blue. It's by Jennifer Woodleaf. It's a true story. It makes me want to go look up like interviews with these people on yeah. YouTube and hear from the survivors and, and the rangers. Um, it's fascinating. But I love knowing that there are the Ginny Lake Rangers out there. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I feel so safe. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, It is cool that they've got that, like, elite squad of people yeah. there that uh, that are there to save people when they get in a bad situation. Yeah. And that, uh, that they're so good at it. It's mm-hmm. just incredible. Yeah. We actually headed out uh, from the Grand Tetons because it was only the first stop on our adventure. That's um, right. We were headed to Glacier National Park and to go from the Tetons to Glacier, um, we actually carved through Yellowstone and we were um, starting out and it was early in the morning and we had seen some elk and some bison in uh, Grand Teton and we'd heard about people seeing bears. We didn't see any ourselves, but you know, we're, kind of getting in this whole national park kick and so wanting to see stuff we were hoping to see some moose and some things and we're driving and it's early in the morning so you know animals are pretty active like in the evenings in the morning and hillary is like oh my gosh look at that look at that and she just sees this huge thing coming down the mountain and and i'm driving and so i'm trying to like look over and i was like what what is it yeah, you were like, it is moving so fast. It's just incredible. It's a, what is that? Like a werewolf or something. <laughs> so I look over and I was like, do you mean like right there, like at the bottom of that mountain, going past that tree right now? And she's like, yes, yes. What is that? That thing is huge. What is going on? And I was like, that's a car. <laughs> they tend to be fast. And <laughs> when... When they move, they are huge. Like they're they're oh big gosh. compared to animals. Um, That's hilarious. It's a car. It was like a black car or something, or like a some kind of dark car. Yeah, it's like a black car. Yeah, and I was like, oh, just <laughs> fired up and on edge. <laughs> you know, I really wanted to see a moose, and I was like, but I was like, I don't think moose can move that fast. <laughs> like I just thought it must be this huge bear or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh man. What was what was your reaction to Yellowstone? I mean, I I was surprised at at how beautiful it was. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, especially it was early in the morning when we were going through, and I really like wish that we had gotten to spend more time. Um, it felt very um, classic. Like I was like, oh, yeah. this does feel like the classic movies you see about people in a park. Right. Camping. Yeah. Headed to, <laughs> headed to a park. Um, we did get to, get to stop and see Old Faithful and kind yeah. of like hike around on the, they've got a sort of like a, a deck built, like an elevated trail that you get to hike through the geysers. And um, we got to see a lot of that, which was just kind of mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Having heard about it and read about it, you can kind of absorb it a little bit. But I can't imagine if I had never heard of a geyser or never heard of like those geothermic phenomenon that are there and you just taken me and put me out there mm-hmm. I'd have been like what is this yeah this is insane like I I 
don't understand what I'm seeing. I don't understand what I'm smelling. Yeah. You know, this like sulfur smell and it's, it's chilly, but there's all this really hot water everywhere and these Mm -hmm. crazy colors and what's going on. Like it, it was wild and we were only there for like an hour. Yeah. Like we hiked around a little bit and watched old faithful go off and we had to, had to hit the road. But I, I thought it was, was pretty incredible, pretty special, and and one that I want to go back to and really do it justice and and see it. Yeah, yeah. The thing that is so interesting about Yellowstone is how it's like basically a giant volcano underneath it. (laughs) Just waiting to erupt. Yeah, like, whoa, that's really dramatic. Yes. And none of us seem to really be bothered by that, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was one of those things when you realize the magnitude of it and like if it does erupt, like like the area of the United uh-huh. States that will be impacted, you're like, wow, I and we're all just hanging out. Nobody. <laughs> uh, well, there's it clearly you can tell there's nothing anybody can do about it. Therefore, everybody just quit talking about it. Yeah. It's yeah. like kind of crazy, I guess. Yeah, it really is. That's crazy. And then. Since we've driven through it, I have read the book Deaths in Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. Whoa. (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, it talks through, it tells the stories of all different ways that people have died in Yellowstone. And some of them are typical. I think a lot of them, I think people would be surprised how many deaths happened in the winter. Um, over the years and um, but then also these geysers are incredibly dangerous yeah. and there are a ton of really sad stories of people falling in this hot water mm-hmm. and um, uh, including there's a reason why they don't let your animals your pets get outside you can't take them outside the vehicle at places like old faithful because they could get loose and they could be so hurt running into some of this water and i say water it's basically boiling water they have boardwalks for people to walk on but they're not um there's not a lot of rails to keep people from falling in yeah and i'm really surprised by that because man you know it's, it's crazy but then you also have to think about it as you know there's a these geysers are all over the park and yeah. there's no way they could put up rails all over the park so right. they just have to keep educating people you've got to be careful you've got to be careful it was a travel day so of course something had to go wrong and we left you yellowstone guys, uh, that becomes that becomes the common theme you will hear every time there's a travel day something goes wrong <laughs> yeah it was a pretty consistent thing through most of our travels but we have finally like we get on the road from yellowstone we're all excited because we've seen it and we're headed to glacier um our water problems are fixed life is grand and <laughs> The check engine light comes on yep. in the truck and we're out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and we're pulling a trailer. And so it's just like, well, what do we, what do we even do? Yeah. Um, we stopped in a little place called Ennis, Montana. And um, fortunately there was a, an auto parts store there and a very nice gentleman who worked there who came out and, um, ran the codes for us to see why the check engine light had come on. And it turns out that it was a, a glow plug issue. And, um, fortunately he, 
was nice enough to tell us that like it wasn't something that we really needed to worry that much about. And so we were kind of able to get on the road, but with this like odd feeling of like, man, I, I hope that everything's going to stay okay, even though we feel like maybe it's not. But we we were able to get back on the road. Unfortunately, the truck was run, running fine, um, but the, we did have the check engine light, and it uh, it was just one of those things that we were like, man, we can't like we can't get away from this. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we did end up making it uh, to Glacier, uh, which was another crazy great time. Oh my goodness. So good. Next episode. Can't wait to tell you all about Glacier National Park. Definitely one of my favorites. It was it is so diverse. Yeah. The amount of landscape, the the variety of landscape that you get to see. The stories from Glacier National Park are so great. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. There's so much special about Glacier National Park. Yeah. It uh it's just incredible. There's so many things that are just incredible about it definitely glad we went um i feel like it's one that's so remote that not a lot of people get to go Mm -hmm. but man it's it's worth it like it was really cool yeah yeah so good so be sure to subscribe on youtube and subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts um just a reminder we have videos that come out with every podcast so be sure to check them out on youtube um you can also find us on facebook and instagram tiktok um we are out there doing the short videos and doing all the things um (laughs) and we will share shorts from our time in these national parks as well we intentionally made sure to capture footage that uh, would be great for people on their smartphones so be sure to um check things out from that from that perspective you can find us at travel fomo podcast on all of the platforms you can also reach us at travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. That's our email address. And if you have some tips and tricks for the Grand Tetons or RVing in general, um, maybe some stuff that, that you did while you were there or your favorite national park, we'd love to hear all about that. And we'd love to share it. Yeah. So if you will just send us an email, we'll be happy to read it here and share it with the Travel FOMO family. Or if you'd like to share it yourself, uh, feel free to record a voice memo and email that to us. And um, we'll take that as your permission to plug it here on the podcast. And in your own words, you can share uh, the stuff that you know with the Travel FOMO family so that we can all get a little bit better at traveling. That's right. Oh my goodness. Can't wait to hear what you know so we can learn from you. You guys, life is short. Wander well.